Thanks for joining us this week for the Flourishing Grace Students Parent Podcast. This week on the podcast, it's actually a two-parter, um, which is a conversation between myself and Benger and Jennifer McVeigh, who are parents of two of the students in our student ministry, as well as them having a total of five kids. And so it's just an honest conversation about uh, prayer, planning, um, and proceeding in how to disciple your teenagers. And so the hope is that they would uh, just be able to share some wisdom from what they have done and what they haven't done. Um, And it was a great conversation. So I hope you get a lot from this part and the next part. Enjoy. All right. Well, hey, uh, today on the podcast, super excited. We have uh, Jennifer and Benjer McVeigh with us, two parents here. Why don't you go introduce yourselves, you guys? She's, she's going to make me go first. That's fine. Uh, my name is Benjer, and um, not only am, am I fortunate enough to get to serve at Flourishing Grace uh, as the executive pastor, uh, but we have five kids who attend here, and two of them are in the student ministry. Um, I also help volunteer in the student ministry, and uh, we say this all the time, that I could be fired today and we'd be back on Sunday because of what this place has meant um, for us and for our kids, because parenting's hard, and um, and that's kind of a little bit who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Jennifer, and I am a team lead here at Flourishing Grace Church for the preschool um, kids, but I am primarily a stay-at-home mom with our five kids. Uh, four of our five kids have special needs, and um, so, you know, it's a wild ride for sure. But uh, just to give you a little bit of my background, I went to Denver Seminary and got a master's in counseling and chaplaincy. And so my heart is very much uh, for ministry and for um, helping families during tough times and um, just trying to provide spiritual for the spiritual needs of those who aren't getting those met in other places. That's essentially what a chaplain does. And so, um, yeah, so I love that I get to do that in different capacities here at Flourishing Grace Church as a volunteer um, throughout the year, different things and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Josh. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being on. I'm super excited about this um, for for multiple reasons. One, because I want to actually have a conversation with some parents and go, okay, uh, really just from y'all's experience and uh, just things that you've done, like learn from that. Um, and also, so I don't have to hear my just my voice on this because you know that's been obnoxious for me. Hopefully not for all of you, but has been for me. So, um, but yeah, so kind of our goal today is to talk through, um, if you haven't listened to the last podcast on the three P's of beginning to disciple, uh, your teenager, um, we're going to talk about that mostly with some other things as well thrown in there, um, as we just kind of talk, cause this is going to be just an honest conversation about those things. But really the goal we talked about from the beginning is to kind of change our perspective from parenting alone to discipling our kids, right? And specifically, obviously, this is for for student ministry, but you know, kids as a whole, right? How do we how do we change our mindset uh, to discipling as part of parenting? Because um, it is it's a huge part. God calls us to make disciples, and one of those ways is through kids, right? Through having kids and. And in that process. So last week, the three P's that we talked about were, were pray, uh, plan, and proceed moving forward with what we're doing. And so today, I kind of want to work through those uh, with Benjamin and Jennifer and just see, 
you know, what we have here. So that first one of praying, uh, we talked about praying, uh, not only in our own individual prayer, begin a rhythm of daily prayer, uh, for our families and for ourselves and for our spouses and for our kids, but also prayer with them too. Um, the first question I wanted to ask you guys is just, what are some ways in which you have seen prayer, um, play just a huge role in your parenting and with your kids and discipleship and things like that? I think the biggest thing that prayer does in parenting is it shifts our own perspective. Um, Because when you're in the middle of a frustrating situation, and it could be with an infant or it could be with a teenager in in between, um, and you're just pouring out of yourself, you know, it can feel so huge. It can feel so impossible. Uh, Patience wears thin very quickly. But as soon as you're inviting God into that space, not only is there a supernatural response, you know, from God through us and in and, and the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, but it just shifts our own thinking and our own, I know for myself, it shifts it to realizing I, you know, I, it's not up to me to control this human being or to make them do these things it can shift my thoughts to realizing that, you know, what the spirit looks like in me is patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. And I'm not doing that right now, you know, all those kinds of things. And so I think the biggest thing that prayer does in the moment with your kids is it shifts your mindset. And I would say also when you're praying for them outside of a, of like the heated situation that you might be in or, or the trying situation, of course, it also shifts your thoughts too. But I would say that's my, been my biggest things, biggest takeaway or whatever, however you worded that was, um, change that I've noticed is praying in the moment when something's hard is probably the most helpful thing I can do in the moment and to make it better. So, yeah, uh, I think for me, much along the same lines in terms of shifting our, um, focus into this is what is God doing in the moment. Um, for me, one, it's important I have the incorrect view sometimes that my goal of parenting is to get these uh, children or teenagers to do what I want them to do. (laughs) And that's, first of all, it's impossible. (laughs) Second of all, uh, that's not what parenting is. Uh, We are are stewarding this opportunity for these, these kids. And if I'm honest, I forget as I'm asking God to do something in my kids, um, I can, I can very easily forget that God wants to do something in me. And maybe in this relationship between me and this kid, uh, maybe the issue isn't on the other end. Maybe really the issue is with me. And, and I don't know of any other way to shift that thinking other than prayer and invite God in. And, and really what it is, is, is God is saying, actually, Benger, um, the, the issue is on the dad side, not the kid side on this one. Um, and the other thing is, um, for me, uh, I have, this is kind of broader, but I have my own agenda for my kids. Jennifer knows this. We've had these conversations. Um, I grew up in, um, kind of a home. It was a great home, but it was, it was very much an achievement focused home. And so, um, uh, you know, there, there was always conversation about what scholarship you're going to get, what activities, how, how are you doing in soccer? How are you doing in piano? How are the grades going? Um, and, and none of those things are bad things in themselves, but it was all achievement focused. And um, if, if, if I don't bring my family and my kids to, to God in prayer, 
Um, I can force my own, and I have done this, and I will continue to do this mistakenly as God works in me. Um, I have brought my own agenda on my kids rather than realizing, oh, God is working in them, and God has his plan um, as he works in them for for who they are and, and his purposes for their lives and how he is working in them. And uh, I need to be more mindful of that. So, And I just want to take a minute to say real quick that prayer does not have to take a very long time. Mm. And it does not have to be as intimidating as I think it can <clears throat> feel, especially as we're, you know, Oftentimes when we're talking about praying for our kids and the stakes are really high, but it can feel really heavy and it can feel impossible or it can, it can, um, evoke some feelings of, you know, shame or guilt or, um, frustration, being overwhelmed by parents who maybe don't do this, don't know how to do this. Let's just start by defining really quick. Prayer is just talking to God, that period whatever it is, how, and there, there are ways to pray more effectively. Like if all you do is yell at God and whine and complain, probably not going to be as effective as, as talking to God in, in a way where you're really wanting to hear from him, what he has to say, but it's all prayer. Prayer is talking to God. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that. And you don't need special words and you don't need to do it in a special place or, or have anything like that. And so that's why we're referencing why I was specifically talking about just in the moment with my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't say, Hey, hold on. I'll be back in five minutes. (laughs) I'm over my son practicing. He's practicing piano this morning and repeatedly not listening to me. (laughs) And I just take is literally like three seconds, but it's still just as powerful when I just take a breath. And in my brain, I say, or sometimes I say it out loud and my kids know I'm praying. That's like, that's, we probably should stop doing what we're doing. (laughs) I'll say, you know, oh my goodness, God, please just fill me with your spirit. And God knows what I mean by that. And I know what I mean by that, which is that peace and patience and kindness and love that I need to be giving him. Um, or it might be, um, you know, God just help me to not mess this up, whatever it is, all of that's prayer. And so it doesn't have to be more than that. And then as we're talking more about planning and maybe prayer in our daily, um, uh, time with the Lord again, just, it doesn't have to like start where you're at. And it's not like the goal is to start where you're at. And eventually you'll pray six hours a day. Like, it really, prayer is very powerful and very effective, but it doesn't have to be a super long time. So I just want to say that yeah. um, before, you know, I, I don't know. I was thinking about how heavy it can feel. Um, you know, I don't know if you'll, if this is on topic exactly, but it was something I was thinking about while we were thinking about coming here to talk about this is that um, if you as a parent, because you know how you have your own journey and your own relationship with God, and that doesn't always go in a linear direction and it isn't always good. Sometimes we have really hard seasons ourselves with God and we don't really want to talk to God or we don't really know what to say to God. And and that, I just want to encourage you in those times to try to find a way to sort of put aside to still continue as much as you can in those seasons where you're struggling with God to continue to still bring your kids to God in those moments or in whatever time that you, that you're, you're comfortable with that because you can have a hard season with God and you can still say, okay, I'm really struggling with this, but I'm still going to lift my kids up to you or I'm still going to, you know, just ask you to protect them or whatever it might be that you can do. So, 
Yeah. No, that's a good word because, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, and I say this to our leaders all the time, but they uh, don't need to be Jesus to our students. Just like parents don't need to act like Jesus, like perfect. You know what I mean? Like they just need to point them to Jesus. And so obviously there are things that, that you're going to shield your kids from and certain things that you're struggling with and things like that just because they're kids. But at the same time, uh, being able to, you know, in that moment, like almost like David in the Psalms of saying like, I'm weary right now, you guys, like I, but I know that God is good, you know, and I know that he is with us and that he cares for us and it's hard right now. But, um, and I think seeing like kids, seeing the honesty of that is, is, uh, good and helpful and right because it's it's real. Well, and it's far more effective because <clears throat> um, you know kids can smell a phony. <laughs> oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, they they know. Yeah, and then you lose your your potentially your effectiveness or your influence. And I also just wanted to say, shoot, I'm so sorry. You're good. <laughs> You're oh, good. Oh, about being Jesus. Sorry, I wanted to say it. that was actually something that impacted me the podcast two weeks ago, which was where you said it when you were saying parent or disciple and you said kids don't need you to be Jesus. And you were saying it in context of appearing perfect or legalism. But I was at that time that I listened to that podcast, I was really struggling with one of our kids who has um, a lot of mental health needs. And um, this particular kiddo is um, going through a really difficult season and medication and counseling. And we're trying to just, I'm trying to, meet her needs. And, and what I needed to hear and I heard it that day was so powerful to hear, you know, she doesn't need me to be Jesus. She doesn't need me to like magically fix it all or have Mm. all the right answers because it feels when the stakes are really high, which is what it feels like to me right now with her mental health, it feels like I have to have all the answers and I have to know what to do. Um, and it's not to say that I, I, obviously do need to care for her, but it was really freeing to be reminded. I still don't have to be Jesus for her though. Like I, Jesus will be her savior. I can just point to him and point her to him and, you know, again, cover all of that in prayer, you know, the medication or the counseling or whatnot. But, um, I had lost sight of the fact that I, I mean, I think in parenting, we can feel like we do have to be Jesus, not necessarily perfect all the time, but just like all powerful or all knowing, you know, and we can't be, it's not possible. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's why another, like, that's why prayer, like, that's why we started, we have to start from prayer in this, um, because it, prayer does do like, as we pray, it humbles ourselves because it shows a need. I need you, God, to do this. Like, we should be praying for things like, God, if, if you don't do this, it won't happen, you know? Um, and something we used to always say, and I still say it to myself all the time. Actually, I think it's, yeah, it's written on my, my monitor here. It says, prayer precedes power, um, right? And so, you know, there, there's some things in our life that God is uh, waiting for us to pray and seek him earnestly in for him to move and do. Um, and so we have to start a place from a place of prayer and a place of humility in that prayer and saying, God, we need you to work in that. Um, that's why it's so important. So that's why, like last week I said, if, if you're not praying, like then don't start planning. Don't start doing the other things like pray and then plan, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, as we move on. Any, any other things about prayer? I don't want to cut you guys off. But I think on. one encouragement, yeah. like I don't want this to sound like, oh man, look at all these things were done. I, I think there's some 
or he's like one thing I wish we um, did more of that we don't do is we don't often pray together for our kids um, and and just set aside time. I was thinking about that too, about yeah. how we each individually in our own individual time pray for our kids and how we will pray together as a family, you mm-hmm. know, when they lift up their prayer requests and we'll, but not just the two of us together set aside. That really isn't something I don't think ever in our entire like yeah. career of 15 years of parenting have we done that. So we need to, um, yeah. So yeah. In, uh, in that book, Habits of the Household, um, he has a whole chapter on um, kind of like he has a couple chapters on marriage in there. Um, and in one of those, he talks about how they've created this rhythm now of him and his wife will, you know, not just, you know, there's the whole like, you know, keep dating your spouse type thing. Mm-hmm. People say that all the time, which is true. But there's also like this, it's a separate time where they actually plan um, and they'll go, go, maybe they'll go out or maybe they'll just go for coffee or whatever. And it's a set time where they know they're going to talk about certain things and like, Hey, how are you feeling about these things? How are you doing about these things? And then they spend a lot of time just praying in that. And it's a, it's, I think they do it either monthly or bi-monthly or twice a month, however bi-monthly is, but you know, they do that either once a month or twice a month where they, where they have a specific, and it's like 30, 45 minutes time or um, over a meal, right? Where they're they specifically like put that rhythm into place. And I thought for me, I was like, man, like that's so helpful. Cause like, I, I mean, I don't have kids right now, but even just for what's going on in our lives, like Rachel and I have that same thing where it's like, we pray a lot for things that are happening in each other's lives, mm-hmm. but are we praying together yeah. for those things too? Yeah. Yeah. And that is good. Um, I also want to just say, I think I, you asked if we had other thoughts. Yeah. I know, um, <laughs> I know this is said in a lot of sermons or uh, illustrations in books talking about um, physical fitness in relation to spiritual fitness and that you can't just wake up and run a marathon tomorrow or even run a mile if you are haven't been regularly active. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with spiritual fitness. And so um, I just wanted to remind any listeners who might be feeling, again, like, oh, my goodness, like praying with my spouse. I can't even you know talk to my spouse right now or all of this just feels so heavy. I can't, you know, I don't even know how I would get, I don't know how I would do all of this. That's okay. Like just start where you're at. And it really is like, for example, five minutes of sleep. This is something I've told students and I've told, um, uh, adults sometimes that I've met with five minutes of sleep a night. Like if you don't have, you lose five minutes of sleep a night every night. It won't affect you even, even for like compounded over years. It will not affect you, but five minutes of prayer is really powerful. And so you can just start with that, you know, just start, start with a little bit and you will, you'll start to see that. And then as that becomes easier and as a rhythm, then you can start looking at adding in other things. I just, um, you know, obviously it's better to do a little bit than to get so overwhelmed that you can't. You feel yeah. like you don't know how to do all of it, so you're not going to do any of it. I just want to encourage any listeners who might feel overwhelmed that you can start small, and it's still going to be very powerful. Yeah, for sure. I remember, I, I don't exactly remember who it was. It was probably Piper or somebody like that, but there's this concept where he's like, set a seven-minute timer. Like, if you if you have a hard time praying, set a seven-minute timer on your phone and start from the inside out, in your life. So start praying for yourself and the people closest to you. 
like for God to do things mm-hmm. and work your way out now, now into the world, like what God is doing in the world at large and just see how many, how far you can get. And most people think seven minutes, like that's going to be forever. But most people as they're praying, get to like halfway and the alarm goes off and they're mm-hmm. like, Oh wow. I had so much more that God's mm-hmm. bringing to mind to pray mm-hmm. for in this. Mm-hmm. And so I think even just something simple mm-hmm. like that, where it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, right. Well, and then in a book that we read in our church for, um, household rhythms and things like that, it's called the common rule. Um, the author talks about how he will pray before he does anything, but if that means his infant is crying and so he's waking up to an infant crying, he's not setting a timer for seven minutes and like, it's not this long thing. He'll just kneel by the bed and he'll say, God, please help me through this. Please give me energy. Please help whatever's going on with my infant to be better, whatever it might be. And then he goes. So like seven minutes is awesome. I think that's a great suggestion. And I think if you're in that space, but again, even just these little prayers throughout the day are still going to be super powerful. And, um, you know, can be a part of our, can also become part of our rhythm if setting a timer for seven minutes feels daunting. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, but it's a, it's a good suggestion. No, I totally agree. Cause it's, it's not just that private time in the quiet when no one's there, which with kids, five kids doesn't probably happen that often. Um, but it's, yeah, as you're walking, you have to wake up earlier than them. Yeah. The tickets. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I would be just staying up after they go to bed. I know that's me. He and I are, we're very opposite in that way. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, even with our students, I tell them, like, hey, have you thought about, as you're walking the halls of your school, praying for people that you see and things that you know are going on, or maybe you get to class early and you sit and you have two minutes before the bell rings. It's like instead of, like... Getting out your phone. Yeah, messing around on your phone. (laughs) Before, it was, like, drawing on the desk, right? Right. Like, that's what I did. Uh, But, yeah, getting on your phone and and wasting two minutes, like, why not just, like, pray for your teacher and pray for what's going on Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know like those little things Mm -hmm. and just ask god god what can i pray for in this moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those are so powerful yeah yeah thanks for listening to part one of this conversation part two is up and ready to go mostly about planning um, and kind of moving forward so go ahead and make sure you check that out next